My name's Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here, and I am excited to be with you guys today. There's a whole lot for us to be thankful about. We are wrapping up our series, Vital Signs, today, where we're talking about what are the biblical markers of a healthy missional church? What are the things that really make a church come alive? Because as we move forward in our life as a church, we're wanting to be seeking God and asking where God is in the midst of our life together as a faith community. And we're going to do it a little differently today. You see we have some chairs here on the platform. And so I'm going to invite uh, our Vitality team leaders to come, and we're going to share with you a little bit more about the Vitality pathway, what all of this is about and where it's leading, and how I'm hoping by the end of the day you're also going to be inspired and excited about the opportunities that we have as a faith community in the season ahead. So I'm going to invite uh, Dan and Kaylin and Anthony to join me on the platform, and we're just going to have a bit of a conversation together. How about if I sit here and you sit there? That way I can use my, I can use my crib notes. I guess I've been put in my place. (laughs) So as most of you know, if you're new today and you're visiting with us, uh, we have been on a journey this year as a church uh, asking God who we are, where we're going, uh, what, what, what do you have for us to do in our community around us? And we called that our listening campaign, and we've been listening to one another in conversation, much like we're going to have here today, and trusting that the Holy Spirit is going to speak in and through that process. As we look to Scripture, we listen for the voice of the Spirit, and together we say, it seemed good to God and to us, like the people in the New Testament, that this is the direction that we should go. And so we've been talking about vitality because our denomination has a resource that they call the Congregational Vitality Pathway. And if you received a uh, bulletin this morning, in your bulletin should have been a brochure. So I'm going to invite you to take that out now if you have one in front of you. And this just gives us a little idea of kind of where we're going and what this has to do with everything that we've been talking about. When we talk about vitality, we're really talking about life. What are, what are the things that, that should help us to see what life is really meant to be? And Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. And as a faith community, as we think about making disciples of Jesus Christ, we've talked about this many times. We want this to be a place where people find and discover true life in him. That life is not always easy, it's uh, sometimes challenging, but even in the midst of difficulties and challenges as individuals, as families, as a faith community, we can have hope and excitement that God can take all of our experiences and turn them for our good and for his glory. And so the congregational vitality is really about becoming a healthy and missional church. And by healthy, we mean pursuing Christ. And by missional, we mean pursuing Christ's priorities in the world. And one of the first steps coming out of our listening campaign that we didn't anticipate is that our denomination contacted us and said, hey, you guys were on this vitality pathway a few years ago, and you said, you know what, we should wait until we have a a new lead pastor, and then then maybe consider getting back on the pathway and and taking that next step in partnership with them. And so they they contacted us and said, hey, are are you ready to do this again? And we were just wrapping up the listening campaign, and we we talked on council and with staff, and we said, you know what, That, that must be God's timing that said, this is the right opportunity for us to take this step and get back on the vitality pathway. 
And the thing that they uh, really helped us to see when we went to the Navigate, I should say the four of us went to Minnesota a few weeks ago to a Navigate training opportunity to help us as a church see how we take the next steps together. And they said that vitality isn't really a program. This isn't something that uh, we come and we implement in our church as uh, something that we can check off the box and say, hey, we did this and these are tools that are going to make us a better church. Uh, what we discovered is if you, if you open up uh, your brochure, you see the 10 healthy missional markers that we've kind of been preaching through in our vital signs series. And if you open it up once again, you see the pathway with uh, different uh, experiences with the logos across the bottom and then this path. And, and what we really became to understand is that what the vitality pathway is, it's a facilitated conversation with the Holy Spirit. These are opportunities that our denomination is willing to come and help host for us so that we can gain some information that allows us as a congregation to begin talking about it together and seeking the voice of the Holy Spirit in the midst of that process. So there are no answers provided for us here. There are only good questions. And, and, and the thing that they really wanted us to be sure that we took away from the training is that the answers for us as a church are not in the information that they would provide for us on the pathway, but it's in the conversations that we will be able to have as a church coming out of the, the experiences that we pursue together. So really, as we look at our final marker for today, which is fruitful organizational structures, by fruitful, we're really meaning it is a Holy Spirit-led process that we're going through as a church. By organizational, we're simply meaning it includes the whole church. It includes every one of you. This is a journey that we want to take together. And structure simply means that we have to be intentional about building systems and structures that help us to stay on track with the things that we believe God is calling us to do. If you go back and you look at the story of the early church in Acts, and you remember the story of, of the Hellenistic widows that were being overlooked in their daily distribution of food, they said, hey, you know, we got we to gotta develop some structures here to make sure that we're, we're meeting all the needs of our people. And so they elected deacons who were people who were full of the Holy Spirit and of wisdom to take on that ministry. And that, that was kind of predicated on the Old Testament pattern with the, the people of Israel when they were wandering in the desert in Exodus, right? And you have Moses who, who's killing himself, trying to meet the needs because people are just lined up for day after day, having him come to him and say, you know, Moses, help us. And so his father-in-law comes and he becomes kind of the first ministry coach, right? And he says, Moses, you, you need to get some people to help you, you know, put some people over the hundreds and the fifties and the tens, build some systems and some structures to help you be more effective in doing the ministry that God has called you to do. So as we've pursued the listening campaign, we feel like we have a really clear direction for where we're going as a church. But the big question is, how do we go about building those systems and those structures that are going to allow us to have sustainable and successful ministries over time that include everyone in the congregation? And so just a, a, the best way I could describe the vitality pathway is, I believe, and I think we have this on a slide, the vitality pathway really is a guided journey of engagement with the Holy Spirit for the whole church, for all of us to participate in, as we pursue Christ together so that we can together pursue Christ's priorities in the world. And again, the answers are not going to be in the information that we present to you today or that we hear about it in the days ahead, but the answers are in the conversations that we're going to have as the Holy Spirit leads and guides. So I have some friends up here with me. Dan Platter, who is our church chair, 
uh, Anthony Apellis, who has just rolled off of council and is uh, agreed to be our Vitality Team leader, and Kaylin Griffin, who's been working with me to begin to develop ideas for how we move forward with leadership development in our church. Uh, We all kind of went together to this Navigate weekend. And as we met and planned to go away to get this training, we we had many conversations where we were kind of confused. We were kind of unsure about this whole thing. And we said, we're not really sure if this vitality pathway thing is is the right thing for us. And we've done a lot of talking as a church this last year. We've kind of gotten everything out on the table. We need to start moving forward. We need to start getting some stuff done. And and maybe this is going to take us back. Um, And so we were a little nervous going into this training, wondering if this was really going to be something that made sense for us as a church. And so uh, from your guys' perspective, with that kind of mysterious beginning going into Navigate, what was kind of some of your big takeaways from your time there that you can share with us today? Yeah, well, what I can tell you is that um, there really was some hesitation about um, uh, looking at the program. And from my perspective, uh, why that was is because we had been on kind of our own pathway for a period of time for the past year, really, um, you know, with the uh, listening campaign, right? And, you know, the purpose of that listening campaign was for us to kind of, you know, gauge, you know, who are we? What do we value as a church? And, and uh, what, what going to the, the Navigate program, what it did is, is it really affirmed that this process is, really is the next step. Because one of the things that um, I've kind of uh, compared was uh, the core values that we've identified as a church that is outlined in the, um, the listening campaign uh, product that we have uh, produced is I started going through all of the healthy missional markers, and I kid you not, every single one of our core values are demonstrated in each one of those healthy missional markers. Um, so this whole thing was really a, a reaffirming that, you know what? We have gone through the listening campaign, we've identified what we believe, and we came to a point of, well, what do we do next? And along comes an invitation from our, uh, from our denomination. Um, and so it was like a clear message um, to me that here it is. So, so I'm still confused. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, actually, it really helped going to the conference because... Uh, you know, we were still scratching our heads trying to figure out all this stuff. But, you know, when we walked out of there, there was so much peace uh, that the Holy Spirit gave us, gave us because it, this is really about, vitality is all about spiritual transformation. And it's not just transformation for our church. It's, it means transformation for each one of us as, as God's servants. So what does that mean? So that's what the Holy Spirit is going to reveal to us through this process. If you would, look at your brochures. Uh, on the back side, I believe there's an illustration of the four types of churches um, that are identified. And we went through the Veritas exercise uh, two and a half years ago or so. And you see that there is a stable church. There is a church that is at a critical moment. There is a church that is at risk. There's also a healthy missional church, and that's what our intended destination is. Now, it was interesting at the conference, we went into a little bit of depth in studying these four different types of churches. Now, when you look at this and you see the word stable, 
you would think, you know, that sounds pretty good because on the surface, stable means peace to us. It means stability. And, and I think on, on the surface, that is a place that we all would like to be. Um, but, I mean, we all want a stable environment. And the problem with that is, is that really what God is calling us to be in this church? Because there's an issue with stability. There, stability could also mean that we've become complacent in our service to God. And, uh, you know, going through, I'm, I'm going through the Revelation study right now, and we just got done studying uh, the churches, the seven churches that Jesus had just assessed. And he clearly really depicts on the kind of churches that he likes, that he favors, and he also points out the things that does not please him at all. We want to be a church that pleases God. We want to be a church that chases after his priorities. And, and I can remember, you know, I, six years on the council, I mean, we, we had struggled figuring out what do we do next? What is our strategy? What is our vision? The problem, the challenge is we were trying to figure that, figure that out in our own power a lot of times, if, if we're honest. But this process allows us to open ourselves up and allow the Holy Spirit to really point us in the right direction. Now, is it going to be challenging? Absolutely. Is it going to stretch us? You bet. Is it going to be rewarding? Without a doubt. But this is where we all have to, to really assess ourselves as God's servants and ask, there's a, what do we call it, the, um, the agenda of thirds. So that's something that we learned about at the conference, and it starts out, with us asking ourselves, what is the Holy Spirit asking of us? What is he trying to tell us? And then what is he trying to tell us as a church? And then what actions do we need to put in place in order to chase those priorities? You know, I, I walk in here, and I love the fact that we put up the, the 10 missional markers on the walls, and I walk in here, and I don't know about you, but my eyes just go to those every single time that I walk through those doors. And what catches my attention is not the big, bold words on these icons. It's the little words, the italicized words, it, about being, having God's word at the center of our lives. Intentional evangelism. So to me, that speaks that there's a purpose. We have to have a purpose, and it's got to be God's purpose, his priorities. Uh, we have global over there. That means every single one of us, as Kurt has mentioned, it, it, this is going to take all of us. So yes, we do have a vitality team, but that's just the beginning of this journey. You know, the conference told us that this was, it could be a four to seven year journey um, during this transformation. Um, well, and, and let me just comment on that real quick, because on the, on the pathway, you see the loop at the end. And, and, and really, it's intended to be something that allows us to develop a lifestyle as a church. So that four to seven year process is because we continually come back and ask the same core questions. Are we really on track with the Holy Spirit? We're pursuing Christ's priorities in the world. And so just like we grow through seasons as individuals, we as a church will be encouraged to be on a recurring learning process where we're always discipling ourselves to Jesus. Yeah, very good. So that's what I got out of the conference. Well, I came from a kind of a different perspective because when I was invited to join this, I was just as confused as they are, or as they were, and I was maybe more confused because... Um, I, I wasn't on the council. I wasn't heading up a, a committee of any kind. Um, as Kurt said, we were kind of working on stuff, but we were kind of doing it in the background, and so it wasn't really, you know. So I wasn't real sure that this was something that 
fit me. And so when we went to the conference, the very first thing you did was we went to a worship service. And the worship service was so wonderful and so Holy Spirit filled. And then they had um, the director of Congregational Vitality get up and talk about the Holy Spirit and how involved the Holy Spirit's going to be in this whole process and how that we need to be open to that and need to, you know, blast off the roof of the church and let him just come in and fill it up and let him be the leader. Let him be our leader and follow him wherever it is he wants to take us. Well, that's kind of scary for a lot of us, right? Because we, you know, I don't know about you, but I'm kind of a control freak and I kind of like to figure out what I'm going to do and then I do it and then it's done and then we go to the next thing and, and I'm very organized and so this is kind of chaotic. And they talked about how chaotic this process would be. But they also talked about one of the breakout sessions we went to that talked about a healthy missional church, said a healthy missional church is chaotic. That's what they said. And you know how that made me feel, <laughs> you know. Um, but the, as we went through this whole conference, it just really, it settled on my heart and made me go, wow, this is the coolest thing ever because chaos is good because it's unpredictable and it gets everybody involved and it creates situations that we could have never, ever dreamed we were capable of doing. That's what chaos is, right? It's, un, it's undescribable, it's unexpected, um, but it's exciting. So um, that was really a cool thing that came out of it. And it was right in the very beginning of the conference. And so by the time I got out of that worship service, I was ready to go. I was like, okay, I know why I'm here. This is awesome. Let's go. You know, and that was really, really great because like we all said, it was tough going and not really knowing what to expect or whether we even belonged there or if this church belonged there. So once we left, I think we all agreed, okay, this is, this is good. We're ready to go. You know, just to extend on, on that, you know, chaos in this process is a good thing because what that does is it forces us to depend on God who truly controls all things, right? Well, and at that worship service, uh, they kind of introduced us to the agenda of thirds where we talk about what is the Holy Spirit saying to me? What is the Holy Spirit saying to us? What, therefore, then should we do uh, about that? And they tried to kind of walk us through how this process is intended to engage us with the Holy Spirit by leading us through an exercise where they use some photographs and some pictures. And so we thought we would just share with you what our experience was of walking through that exercise with these photographs and kind of what it meant to us and how it seemed to very clearly point us forward with what it might mean for us as a congregation as we anticipated uh, stepping out. So um, I don't know if anybody wants to start first. Which picture shows up first? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're, you, I'll start. Oh. <laughs> so uh, my picture was, uh, uh, they, well, they, they had spread out all these pictures on the platform, and they had everybody come down and just kind of prayerfully walk along this whole set of pictures. And, and they simply invited us to, to prayerfully consider which one kind of jumped out and grabbed you, which one kind of said, this is a picture for you, and then take that picture and go back and reflect with the Holy Spirit what, if anything, it means to you and what the Holy Spirit would want to put on your heart. So mine was this uh, kind of hiking directional sign with the backpacker mountain climber there. And as I prayerfully reflected, you know, I went into this Navigate Weekend, and I shared this uh, in this series, with a lot of kind of tension about how 
fast should we be going as a church? What, what, what is the right pace for us as we make uh, new initiatives and plans for the future? And I, and I was really struggling with that. And, and I felt like this picture was a reminder to me that we are on a journey as a congregation, and there's no way that we can get there fast. Because the journey is determined by the presence and the pacing and the timing of the Holy Spirit. And that my job as, as the lead pastor is to simply be on the journey with everyone, following God, knowing that that pathway might be sometimes an uphill climb. Other times there might be scenic overviews where we get to stop and just wonder at the beauty of God's creation. Other times there might be times where we're, we're coming down from, from the top of a mountaintop and seeing vista views in the valley below with, with flowers and fields. And, and, and that my invitation, I believe, from the Holy Spirit was to stop worrying so much and trust that God is the, is the guide. God is the leader in that if we, if we know that we are on this journey with him, then, then we can enjoy the journey. And so that was just an encouragement to me. And it felt like I could come back from that weekend knowing that God's going to take care of the pace and the timing of all of this and that I can entrust that into his hands. Who's next? So I will go next. (laughs) Yep, that's my picture. Um, And so what that is, is that uh, you can see that that's an airplane. And uh, why this particular picture uh, touched me when there was like a gazillion of them up there, um, it kind of spoke to me about uh, why am I here? Um, You know, probably a lot of you have a sense of, you know, where do you fit in in the church? And um, I was kind of asking myself the same question. uh, And I find myself in this um, unbelievable position to be along with Kurt and the staff and the team and all of you to start on this journey. And I will tell you, I really don't feel worthy um, in my humility. So it's with that feeling of the Holy Spirit that I know that there is a reason that I'm in the position that I'm in right now. And so the same question is posed to you as we walk along this journey. What is the Holy Spirit telling you about where you fit? And don't just ask the question, but be aware and ask the question of leadership. Ask the question of people that are already involved in ministries. There is a place for you. And so that's why that spoke to me. I find myself in an incredible position, um, and uh, I'm ready to go. Um, I feel the Spirit is, is with us, and um, so that's Thank you. You guys have to see who's going next, yeah. and they'll okay. pick the slide. Okay, I'll go ahead and go next. You know, when, when Dan <laughs> first showed us that picture, he held it up, and I thought, wow, dude, you want to go home, don't you? You want to jump back on the plane and go home, don't you? <laughs> no, really what he said is, yeah, you know it takes a 1.3 million parts of an airplane to fly? 3.5. So, yeah, so it, it takes all of us in order to keep that plane in the air. Um, so my picture... It took me, I was surprised that it took me a while to actually identify with the picture, but when I saw this one, I immediately locked onto it because, you know, I see the vitality process as, as, you know, going back to the concept of a journey, um, it is going to be a journey for us, and, and you can see it's going to be a new day. You know, we're, we're at a point in this church, we've been through a lot, and we've been through a lot of good things, and we've grown in a lot of different ways, but this is really going to be a new beginning for us, and that's, as you can see in the picture, the sun rising off the horizon. Um, we don't know 
what the day is going to bring. Um, we also see there's a valley between, you can see that the hills in the far distance, that's our destination. Uh, there's a valley between where we are and, and where, what our destination is, but there's also a valley that is filled with clouds. We have no idea what's going to happen, what God is going to do on this journey. And, and so we, we can't see what's ahead of us. That's what's, why it's going to require for us to just trust in him. But also understand, you know, for you Bible students, if you've studied um, Exodus, there was, uh, as God was leading his people through the desert, he came in a certain form, right? And what was that form? It was a cloud. So just like in this picture, God is going to be with us this whole time, and he's going to lead us and be by by our side. So that's how this picture resonated with me. And that would leave me. Ooh, okay, can you even see that picture? All right, um, what it actually is, is a vessel. It's um, like a big jar, kind of. Um, Anyway, uh, as I said earlier, the Holy Spirit was really on my heart a lot after the the beginning of the service. So then when we, we did this exercise, that was still what was on my heart. So when I saw this one, it just, that was obviously the one. Um, because when I look at this vessel, there it is. <laughs> um, <There you go. laughs> when, I, when I look at this vessel, I see our church in the last few years, in its history and going forward, and I'll explain that. Um, its history is that we have been putting things into our vessel for over 100 years. I mean, we've got all kinds of things in there, and many of them are wonderful, and many of them probably are not so necessary anymore. And but we've been putting them in there. And, and, but then this other thing happened. We went into this big transition and we really struggled and so a lot of our vessel was kind of not so full. And so we struggled, we didn't know what to put in there and we didn't even know what was in there and maybe we weren't caring about what was in there. And we were just trying to, to keep the vessel from tipping over basically. And then here we are, we're ready to move on we're out of our transition. We're ready to go. So now we can start pouring that Holy Spirit in there. And we can pour it, and we can pour it, and we can fill it. And, you know, when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman and said, hey, you know, this, this, if you drink this water, you'll never be thirsty again, I think that's where we want to be. I don't think we want to ever be thirsty again. I think we want to we drink that, and we want to just be ready to go. And the way to do that is to clean out this vessel of all of the icky stuff that might be in there which is part of this pathway. You know, they, they talked a lot about that there was going to be some tough stuff. We were going to have to address some things that maybe we didn't want to address. And when we do that, we'll be cleaning out some of the stuff out of that jar. But the stuff that goes back in will be clean and pure and cool and delicious and we'll never be thirsty again. So that's why that one appealed to me. Awesome. And, and we, you know, believe that... God brings up stuff that he wants us to pay attention to for our good, right? Sometimes we don't want God to shine the flashlight in those darker places of our lives. And yet it's when we open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, uh, since that's what we're talking about, that we have to be prepared that God may want to address some stuff that, that maybe we weren't paying attention to, that maybe we weren't really looking at, that maybe we didn't want to have to address, And so that was one of the things they really encouraged us. You know, we've done this listening campaign. We've talked about all the things that we think are great about the church, the things that we think are uh, works in progress, the things that we think we want to pursue. 
But we also need to spend some time asking God, God, is this, is this what you want? Are there things that we're missing? And so I, I love Kaylin's uh, picture and what it meant to her because I think it does invite us to have courage to open ourselves to God, to say, okay, God, we, we really want you to reveal the truth uh, about who we are and who you're calling us to be. And that's really what they talked about with the ministry of the Holy Spirit is that, you know, the Spirit was labeled, right, by Jesus as the Spirit of truth. That, that, that God would send the Holy Spirit after Jesus left and that the Spirit of truth would come and would reveal all truth to us. And so not only is uh, vitality what we want God to give us, but we also have to understand that there's no vitality without reality. And so that we are inviting the Holy Spirit to be the spirit of truth in our lives. Um, if you, again, look at the pathway, each of these big logos along the bottom represent uh, all church experiences. Those are workshops that we will be inviting all of you to come to. Anyone 12 and up in the church is going to be invited to come and participate in these workshops to hear more about the, uh, the pathway and the vitality uh, process. Uh, truth is, I'm sorry, veritas is uh, the Latin word for truth, and that's the, the beginning of us uh, beginning to tell the truth about ourselves. And then we're going to be talking about how do we inspire or empower people and inspire change? How do we help build one another up as the body of Christ as we move forward? And then we're going to learn how to use the 10 healthy missional markers to take our pulse as a church and to evaluate how well we're doing on the pathway. And then ultimately with one, they're going to help us make sure that our strategic planning is, is really effective and God-honoring and that we're, we're all coming together. So th there will be many all-church experiences coming. The other thing that was really exciting for me to learn is all the 10 he healthy missional markers, they have training workshops that are built around each one of those. And those are just available for us to access whenever we want. So as Kaylin and I have talked about uh, developing leaders in our church, we know that that's one of the initiatives that we're going to need to be pursuing pretty quickly here as a church as we move forward. And so if we want to get all of our leaders or anyone who's interested in leadership in the church together sometime in this next year, we can have somebody come in and facilitate a training on uh, developing a culture of godly leadership. And that can be a resource that we can use for God to bless us and take that next step forward. So there's a lot of different ways that this is all customizable to whatever we need based on our uh, sense of where the Holy Spirit is leading us. So as we anticipate moving forward in this next year to have these all-church experiences and multiple conversations, we're also going to be having a vitality team of which uh, we represent kind of the, the beginning of that, but there's also going to be about 12 people on the team, and the vitality team's job is not to make any decisions, but simply to hold us accountable to stay on the pathway, to help facilitate the process and to keep you guys all informed and connected along the way. And so as we anticipate, guys, moving forward into this next year and the Vitality team forming, what's one thing that you think would be a, a, an encouragement for us as a congregation to look forward to and anticipate uh, on the Vitality pathway? I would say there was something that happened at the, at the Navigate conference that probably would be a big encouragement to all of you because I imagine most of you are sitting out there going, okay, that's great, 12 people up front doing this, I don't have to get involved, I don't have to do this, it's, it's not something that I feel comfortable with, I like to just kind of be. Other people are saying, yeah, yeah, let's get on it, okay. Well, when we keep talking about that it's an all-church thing, 
one of the things I talked about in one of the worship sessions was that the Holy Spirit really needs to be leading all of us as individuals. And once that's happening, um, you can really do things as a group in the, in the community, in the, in the church. And they had this wonderful ex exercise that really brought this home to me. And what he said was that every morning when he gets up, before his feet touch the ground, he says, Holy Spirit, how is it you want to work in me and through me today? And then he waits. And he said, I challenge all of you to try this. Do it every day before you hit the ground running. And just listen. And he's told us several stories of particular subjects or words or whatever who had come to him in the, when he was doing this exercise and how incredible it had enriched his life. So, you know, I w already told you I was like kind of, ooh, I don't know how I'm going to deal with this, uh, but I thought, okay, if I'm going to get on with this, you know, if I'm going to be on board, then I'm going to try this. So that night, went to bed, got, when I woke up in the morning, I said, okay, Lord, how do you want to work in and through me today? And immediately, I mean immediately, the word patience popped into my head. And I, see, yes, that's what I did. I laughed. I went, oh, Lord, you just really, uh-uh, okay, all right, you know, because I knew, just like you knew, what that was all about. And I think maybe all of us are going to need that patience as we go through this, because we, like Anthony said, we don't really know how it's going to go. We don't really know what to expect. Um, we may have to clean, clean out some garbage. We may have to do some things that we're not comfortable with. But if we all have patience and we all practice trying to let the Holy Spirit lead our lives, um, this pathway could just be the sunniest, brightest, most wonderful thing any of us have ever done. Well, how do you follow that up? <laughs> you know, but same theme. I mean, for me, this... Folks, this is exciting, you know, and I say that because of just past experience on, on trying to figure out what we should be doing. Um, but here's the cool thing. We don't have to have the answers. God's going to reveal those answers to us. He's going to show us the way as we go through the process. And if we are honest, if we are open, willing to empty the vessel of self, then he's going to create, we are going to transform. We are going to be different people at the back end of this than we were at the front end. And it's gonna, he's going to take us to a, a, a new place, and, and it's just a very exciting time. Now, we just, as Kaylin had mentioned, we just have to be patient because, you know, God, we know that he can take chaos and, and make absolute order out of it and shape it for his intended purposes. But he's going to do it on his calendar. He's going to do it in his way, and we just have to get out of the way. And just, just briefly, um, I think what you need to, to recognize um, is that we were invited because we fit one, or at least the, the um, denomination felt that we fit in two categories, either a stable or a critical moment. And uh, the reason that they invite churches that are in that place is because they see those churches as having the greatest potential of being successful along this pathway. And what, what that said to me is... We need to recognize how vibrant we already are. We have a lot of um, missions that we are already actively participating in. We view ourselves as godly people. And what this, what this will do is it will help us to reach our potential. Um, 
because I, I know that we have a lot of things going, but is everything, think about the ministries you're in, is everything working as efficient as it could be? You know, the topic for today is uh, fruitful organizational structure, right? So if you think about the ministries you're in, there's probably some structure there, but is it the most efficient structure? And how much better can you do it? And so that's part of what this process is. And so that's what you can expect to see coming down the road is um, a lot of effort um, to generate those fruitful organizational structures so that we can meet um, the primary goal of being a missional healthy church. Yeah, and Dan, I, I want to make sure that everybody walks away knowing that you make a great point. We, we have an awesome church. This is a great church, and we do a lot of good things. This isn't about just turning everything upside down. This is to make sure, you know, back to um, intentional. We just want to make sure that we're doing, we're following God's priorities, right. period. As, as we have uh, all shared together and really felt like that the one big takeaway from the whole Navigate Weekend was this emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Uh, we were reminded from uh, John 16, uh, verses 13 to 15, where Jesus said, when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. And as I've been reflecting on uh, this passage and uh, so much of our experience and my own anxiety that I've shared with you, what really stood out for me was the end of verse 13 there, where it says, he will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and then it says, and he will tell you what is to come. And, and I think that the one thing that I can say for us is, again, I think we can rest assured that if we are pursuing God and God's priorities, if we are seeking the Holy Spirit, we don't have to feel like we have to know today what is coming tomorrow. We can trust that he will reveal to us what is to come in the right way at the right time so that we can celebrate what God is doing in our midst and so we can be a testimony of Jesus' love and power at work in our lives as we share with those around us what God is doing in us. Would you thank these brothers and sisters for their participation this morning and their leadership? Thank you so much. I'd like to invite the worship team to come back up and prepare to close us in worship today, but uh, let's pray as they come and ask God to continue to bless not only our time today, but this pathway ahead that we're pursuing together.